Well, hello, Karen. Hello, Alita. Nice to see you. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. How you doing? Good. So we are here. We are recording another episode of Children of Grace. Um, so this is an interesting one for us because this is the first episode we've recorded since we have released any yeah. episodes. We recorded a few others that we're going to release after this one. So it's going to get a little weird for a minute. But. Yeah. Wait, the thing is... Um, like if you, if you ever, I'm such a curious person. I listen to podcasts about all kinds of things. And that includes actors, actresses, a whole nine yards. Cause I'm very curious about people. But one of the things that comes up a lot is when people shoot things like movies or TV series, a lot of times, like they tend to shoot things out of sequence. That's true. And then put them together in sequence. And that's kind of what we're doing with this podcast. We're kind of talking about things as they come up, but we may not release the episodes in those particular order. Dude, I'm so type A. I made this list and I had it all planned out of how things were going to go. And it's just been like, nope, nope, you're wrong. Your list is wrong. Good luck with that. It's been all over the place, but it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. It's a like, nice, like, nice little adventure we're having here. Yes, for sure. It's making me loosen up a little bit. But we do want to acknowledge and say thank you to all the people so far who have listened, um, mm-hmm. who have liked, and especially those who have reached out. We've been really, really encouraged this week. Um, to hear positive feedback. Um, I have to be honest, it was one thing to record some of these. It was tremendously scary to release that first one into the world. Yeah. I had like a knot in my stomach for the first week and I was like, did we just make a huge mistake? What are we doing? It's just, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there like that, especially with the topic that you, for so much of your life, have been told and trained you are not allowed to talk about that. It's just, even though I'm an adult, it has been well over 20 years overdue for me to tell the story. It still was scary. Well, yeah. And I have like coworkers that I told I was working on a podcast. They're going to want to listen to this. They're probably listening right now. Hi guys. They don't know any of this about my life. So I guess they do now. Yeah. Sorry. But it really has helped a lot. Um, We've gotten a lot of positive feedback um both from people in our that have now entered our lives that were in a similar situation um and people that were not um so it's just been really really encouraging and we just wanted to say right off the bat we are so thankful for all of you for sure yeah it's been awesome really encouraging like you said yeah i I was a little nervous for a minute there yeah (laughs) yeah oh jesus i'm all sudden religious now good lord help me so today we're going to get into a little bit of history um, of the organization that we grew up in. And Karen has put together a little bit. So I'm going to kind of let her go. And then if I have something to add, I will jump in. Yes, please jump in. This is I've always been fascinated by this. Like there have been moments in my life every couple of years that I all of a sudden will dig back into this again and read all the information again and just kind of like sit with it and try to connect to my life now with that life then it's just it's just weird but anyway i'll stop rambling and get started (laughs) okay so uh this all centers around carl stevens he's the founder of our church carl church um he was born in november november 26 1929 in west sumner maine um his mother was widowed and raised him alone i do wonder what impact that had on him long term things that might have been different but 
uh, he was a farm boy. It's a really small town in Maine, so not a lot going on. Um, and there's really not a lot of information out there past that point until 1950, when it's noted that he receives Christ in May. Um, and then again, it's another big gap. So there's a lot of information we haven't been able to find. Uh, if anybody has information about that part of his life, we would love to hear it. Um, but the story really kicks off in the 1960s. So in the early 1960s, according to lore, there's a a, a special moment that has to, happens for uh, Carl Stevens at Worthley Pond. And it's funny because there's a picture of Worthley Pond on the Greater Grace website, but there's no context there. So I think that's a little interesting. Really? Yeah, it doesn't say why there's a picture there. It's just a picture there of Worthley Pond. Oh. It's, it's an interesting uh, choice they made. But anyway, <laughs> according to Carl, who was a bakery truck driver at the time, he was praying at Worthley Pond near Peru, Maine. And there... He was called back into the woods, and the Lord Jesus baptized him with what he described as liquid waves of love, which is just about the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of weird things, but liquid waves of love. And along with this experience, God promised him several things, but most importantly, that God promised an anointing on every message he would preach from then on. And that's kind of the beginning of the God's man thing. So I was going to jump in on this one. So interestingly enough, this is what I'm about to say. we did a little Google search because when we were, were originally talking about this podcast, this was something that came up. And so we were trying to find the original story of this event at Worthley Pond. Well, Carl's original story was what yes. we were looking for because we were trying to find exact information about so it. So when we started looking for this, Almost right away, we stumbled upon a very interesting story from the 1800s yep. by an evangelist by the name of Charles Finney, who also had an encounter that he reclaimed with God, or he accounted to have with God. And I actually have a direct quote of his about this, if you want me to go. Yeah, go for it. With that. So this is from the New Zealand Baptist in January of 1910. And apparently it's a direct quote of Charles Finney. Take that as you will. Yeah. He said, while alone in my office, different setting, good to note. On October 10th, 1821, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it, without ever having a thought in my mind that there was such a thing for me, without any recollection that I'd ever heard a thing mentioned by any person in the world. The Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God, no words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart, left aloud with joy and love. Yeah, that was... I don't see how, like, he, he stole that story. I mean, I cannot... I, we have to be careful about claiming that because honestly, we don't know that for a fact. It's just such a strange term. Um, but it certainly would seem a little strange that. Yeah. It, and, and the thing is, is Finney did go on to be um, a well known evangelist, evangelist in the yeah. 19th century. He had been a lawyer. It would seem to me that that phrasing and the experience certainly seemed to be a little odd to have happened 
so similarly to two different people. Yeah. And I will say that there is one of the things that tends to be a hallmark of cults or high demand religions is they all kind of seem to run off very similar playbooks. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you'll find that they all have in common. And certainly this is kind of an odd situation. And I can't say that I would be surprised if perhaps he inspiration was taken a little inspiration thank you very much from mr finney's story in the telling of his yeah i just it's such an odd and unusual phrase to use i can't see how he didn't at least see it and maybe he forgot that he saw it that's possible now the funny thing about this is that we're coming at this from the expectation that this is complete crap like this didn't actually happen to him Maybe, I don't know, maybe it did, but... I mean, I don't know. I can't say th- I, I can't say he didn't have an encounter with God. He could have. He could have. But when Waves you... Waves of liquid love? As you go, as you get further into the story, you'll understand <laughs> our skepticism of some of the things. That yeah. Happened. And Carl seems to have uh, an interesting history of hijacking stories, but... Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll I, that, yeah. I do think it's interesting that Charles Finney was this like completely non-religious lawyer, had this coming to God story, and became an evangelist based mainly in New York, Rochester, New York, which is also kind of New England. And then you have a bakery truck driver who suddenly finds Jesus in the same exact way, and now he's this uh, powerful evangelist. It's just uh, it's just interesting. It is very interesting. It's a very interesting coincidence. Let's just put it that way. Mm. Now, sometime in here from when this happened at Worthley Pond till he started preaching, he claimed, apparently, to have attended Moody Bible Institute. We don't know if that's true, if he ever went there. When questioned about it, he called it a mistake and a secretarial error, but he could have gone for some classes, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you could take a class and claim you went somewhere. He definitely didn't graduate from there. And I think it's interesting because it's in in Illinois. Yeah, it is. There's such a small amount of time here from when he accepted Christ, maybe in the the 1950s he went. But then he said he didn't... I don't I don't understand that timeline because we've done a lot of research on timelines in general. We have like multiple timelines going and there's not a lot of room to fit in him going to Illinois to randomly. Illinois. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I hadn't even thought about that, but you've got a point. Because he apparently found God in the nineteen sixties at this at this liquid waves of love thing. And then immediately in nineteen sixty one he becomes a speaker at the Bible church in Milton, Maine. So when did he supposedly go to Moody in between those two things, or is it was it along the way? Well, according to him, he didn't. I don't. I don't know. He said he did. He, he said he didn't. I don't know what's happening there. But and it's not like it is now, where you could take a class online or take a short airplane ride over. Oh so no, like, no, you had to go. Yeah, it wouldn't have. Well, my point being, it wouldn't have been as easy to access Illinois as it is today. Right. All we know for sure is that he definitely did not graduate from Moody because no, Moody confirmed that. He did not. He did. So, in 1961, like I just noted, he became a speaker and a pastor at the Bible Church in Milton, Maine. But by September 1962, he had moved on to become a pastor at Montsweig Baptist Church. Uh, he wasn't ordained there until March 7th, 1963. So, I don't know how he was 
a pastor before that. Don't you have to be ordained to be a pastor? Or do I not understand that correctly? I feel like maybe the term lay pastor might apply apply here. Okay. I could be wrong, but there are situations I think where people who are studying to become pastors can perform certain functions. You know what I mean? Okay. But I don't think I've ever heard of a head pastor being a head pastor without being ordained. Right. And I couldn't I couldn't find any information about whether he was a pastor or a head pastor or just a speaker. But anyway, uh, he was ordained by a council of independent ministers at Montsweet Baptist in March of 1963. Um, and as this is all happening in the 1960s, he started appearing as a guest on an already established radio show called Telephone Time. And I think it's important that we know that it's already established because whenever you look online for this, it says that he kind of started it. Like, it is definitely very if not outright said, strongly implied in any history told by GDWL that you run across that Carl founded Telephone Time. Yeah. Um, and it says just about everywhere that's positive uh, in regards to Carl that he was an early pioneer of radio and televangelism. And he was, I suppose, but he didn't start that program. He was a guest speaker for quite a few years. Um, and he actually didn't become a co-host until 1965. So in May of 1965, he became a co-host of Telephone Time. And that's according to his own obituary on GGWO. So, uh, okay. Um, and he didn't become a full-time host until 73. So that's even further down the road. Uh, I do, I tried to find who the original host was and I couldn't find it. I found one website that claims there was a telephone time show run by John Nesbitt, who was an author from 56 to 57, and a Dr. Frank Baxter from 57 to 58, but then it just stops. So I can't, I don't think that's the same show. Interesting. I couldn't find anything about who it was. I really want to know. <laughs> just want to know things. They might not want their name attached to this mess. Uh, probably not. Well, they're probably dead by now, I would imagine. But anyways, um, so he's at, Montsweig, he's doing this telephone time thing. In 1967, Montsweig Baptist moves and becomes Woolwich Wiscasset Baptist, which is a tongue twister, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Not loud, I mess it up a little bit. Just dedicated in 1968. And this is all according to the Gospel Ministries report. If anybody wants to know our sources, just shoot us an email. We have everything listed. Um, and it wasn't until 1972 that he established his first school of the Bible, and he called it Northeast School of the Bible. It would come on to have many names later on, but that's the original name. 1973, like I said before, he became the full-time host of Telephone Time. And then a really interesting thing happens in 1973, a thing that we don't have a whole lot of information on, but the what we know for sure is that the Woolwich Church burned down. And after it burned down, the church split and Carl moved on to South Berwick. Now, we found an article from a newspaper that said the following. The Reverend Carl Stevens, pastor of the Woolwich Wiscasset Baptist Church here that burned recently, vows the church will be rebuilt. The church was destroyed by fire in August and sustained a loss of approximately $125,000 above what the insurance would cover. The pastor urged his congregation to keep itself intact and said the Bible college will begin this year as planned and services will go on. The Reverend Mr. Stevens is associated with the Bible Institute in St. Johnsbury, Vermont, which I did not hear anywhere else. 
The television and radio program sponsored by the church will continue as planned, he said. So that's all we could find with like a with like a factual source. Um, but we were also able to find, and I'm going to use the name here because he put it online himself, but uh, Jim Fawcett put online, and I believe this was like back in the FactNet days. Am I wrong? I believe it might have originally come out during that, but I then it was moved over to one of the other sites that came up after FactNet was shut down. Yeah, it's currently on CarlStevens.org, but Jim Fawcett, in his testimony about what happened to him there, said that before Bible school classes got well underway, the angry husband of a woman who had been attending and who had received counsel from Pastor Stevens poured gasoline all over the pews and burned the church down. So what that implies is that this woman had an affair with Carl and that the husband got mad and burned the church down. We could not find anything to substantiate that. Or corroborate that. I'm yeah. not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it is true. I'm just saying we couldn't, we literally couldn't find anything about that anywhere. Um, I saw a lot of like online articles that mentioned it was an arson. Um, but the only like actual physical article we found from that time said that it was burned down didn't say anything about arson so there was we've been going through quite a bit of research and so there, much there was an article and i'm not i i'm not able to pull it up right offhand um that referenced something too about that church um that some of the husbands were upset about late night prayer meetings that their wives were involved in I don't know. Oh, if you find that again, let me know. It was kind of like in a historical chronological thing in one of these articles about the church. Um, I believe it was one of the articles I saw about the move from Lenox to Baltimore. Um, and I'll have to dig up at some point the actual article. Yeah, you have to forgive us. We have like a 70 plus page document full of just references yeah the amount of articles and documents that we've been pouring through which by the way we we will not mention names but we are so appreciative of the people who have sent us oh yeah actual documents and articles like bless them bless you we've had our work cut out for us but we so appreciate you and there's stuff in that folder we got shared um that i had never seen before and i dug like i'm the friend that my friends go to to find out if their new boyfriend is weird like i'm really good at finding stuff online i couldn't find these karen you're the one that introduced me to the Wayback machine i had no idea that even existed (laughs) good thing we have that too because we that's how we found a bunch of factnet stuff because that site's gone and that's a whole other story we'll get into later on that's another tale for another day but that is how the cult the church started and how it ended up moving to South Berwick. Because after that split, after that arson or burning down of the building, Carl Stevens left and took his congregants with him to South Berwick. Or the ones that followed him, followed him to South Berwick. Yeah, his his special congregants. I, I can't remember. I feel like I read somewhere that he, oh gosh, it was somebody he was vaguely related to that took the rest of the congregation and stayed. I don't know. I don't remember seeing that, so I don't know. I can't remember. I could be totally wrong. If anybody has, though, information about this arson or anything, please send it to us, because I have been so curious about this for over a decade. I just want to know. I just, A, I'm curious, but also, B, I want to make sure that we're getting it right. So if you have something that um, oh, yeah, is both. provable that can, that can either 
provide context or maybe we got something wrong, we're definitely interested in hearing about it. Yeah, we want to know because I this is a mystery that I want solved. I, yeah. I need to know. It's so interesting. I'm very curious, like, why South Berwick? Like, I, I, I haven't seen anything yet that explains how he came, why he chose South Berwick. Like, I don't. Well, we're going to get into this later on, too. The the money to get that property is also a questionable thing. So we we're gonna we're gonna dig into this more. Um, hopefully, we'll find more. In the meantime, I don't. We've done a lot. I don't know if we'll be able to find much more, but we are doing our best to trail down how this money came to be in his possession that he was able to buy this property. Yeah. So why South Norwich and how are interesting questions. So we'll be definitely doing another podcast episode where we talk specifically about South Berwick, um, how the, you know, we don't really know why they picked, but some of the details as to how and the property itself. And that's a whole, um, there's some interesting stories online, actually. There's one in particular that I had read <laughs> that really I'll have to share when we get to this podcast yes. that I was, I was cracking up laughing because I think I, I know which one you're talking about. The pickup truck? The Jeep. Yeah. The oh, Jeep. the Jeep. Okay. Yeah. I, I just couldn't, like, I knew exactly what they were talking about and where they were talking about, and I could not visualize this. Oh, yeah. Them do, pulling off what they pulled off to save my life. Like, it was hysterical. <laughs> For sure. Yes. We're going to have to get into that one uh, at a later date. <laughs> yeah. So that that is the basics of how this all started out. This is where it all came from, folks. Little town of Maine. And, uh, yeah. We're going to kind of like intersperse history with things from our perspective so we can kind of give you guys a little bit of um, different takes as we go through instead of just like sticking with one thing all the way through. Uh, keep it interesting, you know. But I think our next episode is going to be um, Alida kind of describing a little bit more about herself and yeah, how she came to be who she is, the wonderful human Aww. she is. Oh, thank you, Karen. You're welcome. <laughs> don't make me cry okay sorry all right <laughs> thank you all so much and like we said we are very interested if you have pieces of history that can fill up the gaps correct any errors we may have made in our research um or provide some context please send them to children of grace podcast at gmail.com that'd be awesome honestly we would love to see and it also we appreciate the five-star reviews we have so far so if you have heard any episodes and you would like to give us a review we are greatly greatly appreciated uh, my understanding is is that the more views reviews whatever we got the more traction this podcast may get so um yeah we appreciate you and we appreciate your reviews and we also are we do we really do i also wanted to note we have an instagram account and i'm gonna post that worthly pond photo okay, on it you should. so if you want to follow us on instagram it's children of grace underscore podcast it's the same photo that we use for our whole podcast so you'll be able to recognize it but if you want to follow us there you're welcome to and we'll post interesting things there as we can sounds good thank you all so much for listening yeah, god bless yeah guys goodbye <laughs> <laughs>